to the other side of the whole hostel at the, at the time. They were, uh, when the students were shouting for their life, they were telling them, ah, why are your soldiers? Let them come and rescue. So as you drop out of the, the window, the hostel, through the window, as you drop, you're already outside. They will shoot you. You drop, they will shoot you. You will see about five or six dead bodies in one place. You know, those people came through the same window. As they are dropping, they will shoot you. As they are dropping, they will shoot you. So, at the back of the hostel, you see litters of dead body. The Boniyadi massacre has been described by many Nigerians as one of the worst atrocities by the Boko Haram terror group. On February 25th, 2014, terrorists arrived in many trucks at the federal government college, Boniyadi, in northeast Nigeria and attacked the school. They went from dormitory to dormitory, burning, shooting, and slaughtering teenage schoolboys for daring to seek an education for themselves. At least 29 schoolboys were murdered that day. Today, they are known as the Boniyadi heroes. In this episode, we'll be hearing directly from a staff member from the school who witnessed the massacre and survived. This is Vestiges of Violence, a weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. Weeks before the Boni Yadi massacre, staff from the school had had concerns that it would happen. They held countless meetings with the school principal who was equally concerned about the security of the school. In the suburb of our meetings, we told the police, but this place is no longer safe. The best thing is we should relocate the school to Damatun. Damatun is more safer because that place is already a high-risk area. Because students will run away today. Once after two, three days, you say, ah, Boko Haram are coming. We will all run to the bush. After some time, we will now come back. Students will also run away. They will go to the houses after two, three days. They will come back. Then after a week, say, Boko Haram is coming, or Boko Haram are coming. Next day, we come to Bonikaru, we die. The film and Bonikaru is just about five or six kilometers. So we will hear them shooting there. So the school will also run away. So the school is no longer comfortable for us. If you complain to the principal, this place is no longer safe. Please, let's relocate the school to Mayetu, Damatu. But the principal had complete faith in the ability of the Nigerian army to secure them. He assured his staff repeatedly that even though the threat was real, the military was on top of the situation. When the night of the attack finally came, at around 11pm, Omar had the gunshots and screams of war coming from afar. He knew immediately that the day had come. He was in his house, in the staff quarters of the school, which was not very far from the hostels. Even as he heard the massacre going on in the hostel, he guessed that the terrorists would come to the staff quarters when they were done. He was also confident they would not harm his wife and daughters, but they would kill him. And so, he explained to his family, prayed with them, and fled. He found a culvert that had been constructed a little distance away from the staff quarters and hid under it. 
Still, some terrorists found their way to the surface of the culvert. So when I was in the culvert, you know they were scattered in the school. They have taken position. The culvert is just a strategic place. So a new culvert about something came sitting in the culvert. Also inside, they were sitting at, on the unit that shot that here, that shot that here. So they, were, they sat on the shot table, two or three of them. One was the new sharpened maybe or nine or whatever, sharpened it. I was inside and behind them, they speak Kanuri. So they are discussing Kanuri. I cannot hear Kanuri. So they are some of the boys. I can see them through the convent bus. The place is now bright because of the fire they set on buildings. Even if they are coming, they follow houses. Before they set fire on a the house, they will enter and if there's anything important to them, they will carry it. So they have their, they have, they have one of our quality bus loading all the things inside. So I was there. This small, small boys, I can hear some of you are saying, ah, this place is Damato. Some are saying, ah, this is Bunyadi. Some are saying, this is my doing. They don't know, they just brought them, they don't know exactly where. You know, they would tell them, ah, we are going for jihad. There were many things Omar found painful and unforgettable about what he saw that day. But one stands out. But what Finley is one small boy, this is one. It's not more than 10 or 11 years. Very small boy. So when it started, he didn't, she could not jump through the window. He was trying to come out through the gate because we had many gates. So he was trying to come through the gate, come out through the gate to run. So he just come to the gate just like this too. He stayed one of his feet outside and one stayed inside. They shoot him there. Just a small boy. He just sat on the he's just sat on the door. Half inside, half outside. He just sat as if he is still alive. So when we came, the first thing we saw is the boy. We thought he's new alive. He was shot, he just sit down there, dead. If I sometimes but Remind, remember the AKA, remember that him, he trained me more than even the dead bodies I saw. When he's just a small boy, he doesn't know even what he uh, all about when they shoot him there. It was a terrible night for Omar, but so was it for the boys who were killed and the parents of the boys. This episode of Vestiges of Violence was produced with support from the African Transitional Justice Legacy Fund, ATJLF. It is part of our ongoing Boni Yadi Massacre coverage. In this series, we are telling the stories from the perspective of staff, parents of the deceased boys, and one boy who survived. This story was reported and scripted by Hawa Shafi Inoho, produced by Atahi Rojebrin, the senior producer is Anthony Asamuta. The executive producer is Ahmed Selkida. For more stories, go to humananglemedia.com and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I am Haimida.